0: The truth is that no one can heal you. I don't heal my clients. I introduce them and guide them to the healer within them. You want to be able to tap into your ability to allow your body to heal itself. So coming back into connection with our bodies are brilliant and that's what does the healing, then ayahuasca, mushrooms, iboga, whatever is a tool. In the healers tool belt and you're working with the medicine as opposed to using the medicine because like you said you've developed enough consciously and subconsciously there's enough knowing of this body and soul and you're bringing a medicine to it you're working with it instead of using it and using it and abusing it and expecting it to work for you and not knowing how to integrate it
1: that's a perry and this is episode 343 of wellness force radio wellness force radio where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years.
0: There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it. Because loss will happen.
1: You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Hey, it's Josh Trent. Welcome to Wellness Force. What's good today, my friend? What is good today? It's so fascinating, isn't it? The power of language. I've been asking my friends this question. What's good today? It's a primer. It's an auto-suggestion. It's a powerful phrase. Start saying this more often. Ask your friends or family, like, what's good today? What's good today, my man, my lady, my human? It's impossible for them to say nothing because <laughs> there's always one good thing every day it's not spiritually bypassing it's not good vibes only it's the reality of truth what's good today today what's good for me and good for you is this podcast we're talking about training the soul from a woman who over the past 15 years has trained her own soul, and now runs a program called Training Camp for the Soul for men and women across the world. Her name is Anat Perry. She's a friend. She's a colleague. I've had the pleasure of knowing her since 2013, which seems like eons ago, right? Do you remember where you were in 2013? (laughs) Something tells me you're a lot different than you were today in 2013, especially if you've been tuning into the podcast. I know you're different because it's impossible to listen to this show and not transform and not grow. That's why we're here, so we can discover how to live this life well and do it together. Well, today's a huge podcast. This is an absolute bomb drop. We recorded this live with a knot. It's on YouTube. Go to the Wellness Force YouTube channel. You know, there's some people in this world that just by their very presence make an impact on you. You know what I mean, right? Your body lights up like a Christmas tree when you're around them. And then, of course, the body's really smart. Some people you get around, it's like, you can't get away from them fast enough. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, Anant is one of those people that I've been witness to see her growth, feel her growth. And when I'm around her, my body immediately gets calm and centered. You're going to feel this too in her voice. And especially if you watch our video, I was actually going through something personally when we recorded this podcast together. You know, the whole stress of like our brothers and sisters giving away their power right now with being controlled by the fear in the media and personally being in quarantine with my beautiful partner, Carrie Michelle, we were stressed. I was stressed. I was going through quite a bit being on lockdown. Can you relate? Well, in one session, with a not, I was able to see inside what was really going on, letting my inner young man be seen, be heard and be held. Now, if you're an analytical or logical person, you're probably like, what was that? What I really just meant, what I said was I used mindset tactics with a knot to find my center and stay at a positive energy. Now, if you're more like me, you're empathic, you know what I really mean is I was able to feel the inner young man, young Josh inside of me and hold him. Through guidance from Anat and her radical presence. This training she gave me in inner child tracking, somatic experiencing, creating new beliefs, emotional catharsis. She's powerful. This is a transformational coach who specializes in guiding clients to achieve their greatest potential. She's got 15 plus years in development, hundreds and hundreds of people across the world. She's helped them create the life they desire. Her deep work allows for all of us to discover what we truly want so we can get rid of the inner critic and take the path towards success. Most importantly, it's about taking inspired action. This is what she unlocks as you connect more with your inner young man or your inner woman. And by the way, this is where we embody the intelligence. This is where our intelligence lives in our body, not in our mind. This is one of my favorite conversations of 2020 on Wellness Force. And if it moves you, if this podcast gives you value, I ask you humbly from my heart to yours, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You not only get entered to win 90 days of Organifi for free, dropped off right to your front doorstep, by the way. But our team would so appreciate you, Lauren and Buzzy and everybody who's ever helped Wellness Force. Your voice helps more smart people find Wellness Force. You can go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review, or you can tap your phone right now. Just leave us a five-star review. I personally read it myself. And you never know, by the way, writing a review might touch somebody who reads the review, looking for a show they can trust and you'll inspire them to listen, which could essentially change their lives. I mean, we never know how much our words could affect someone else. So speak your truth, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Now let's dig in with the one and only Anat Perry talking about the soul and how to train it in this modern day world. Oh man. This is a special moment for me because there's so many people in life that say they're a coach or a guide or a facilitator. Um, And it's few and far between that I get to like interview a friend who actually is a guide and a mentor and a coach that actually radically helps people for real get in their bodies and get out of their heads. And it's crazy because I have been doing this work, gosh, 33, 32, 33 is when I started. I'm about to be 40 tomorrow. It's the day before my birthday. And this is even more special because last week you actually took me through a personal experience, you know, a personal session of this work. And I didn't know too much about training camp for the soul before you and I connected. So this is so special that you're on the show with me and Perry. Thank you for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I, we've, we've been on this journey. We've known each other, uh, I don't know, going on probably six years or so. Yes. And, uh, uh, I think we could both attest to like bravo to both of us uh, yeah. <laughs> and the growth and achievements that we've gotten to over the years. So um always rooting you on from the sidelines whenever I see or hear your podcast.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And just so people know, watching or listening, the roots run deep with Anat and I. Um, when I started this podcast, I was actually in a relationship and she was a friend, uh, Amy Dalton at that time. And that's how I met Anat. You know, so it's six years ago and I was just really starting to understand what the soul even was <laughs> back then. You know, it was a buzzword. And since then, like I've gone on to have like two million people here wellness for us. And I started out in this little back square in Encinitas behind a house. When I first met a knot and you have gone on to create so many memorable experiences for people. And this is what I'm so excited to talk about with you today is really unpacking. First of all, like what the soul actually is, how do yeah. we connect with it? What are the things that get in the way of it? And how do we get down to the inner young man or inner young woman inside of us? That's actually screaming for our attention and just a, a bit of a backstory. So people understand a knot's work. Last week, she took me through a process where we did some very interesting, I guess you could just call it deep somatic experiencing with guided meditation on top of it as a layer in a lens of your skill set. And I was able to connect with um, the kind of angry young man inside of me that that wasn't being heard and wasn't being seen. How would you actually describe what you do to somebody if they didn't know you? Like, give our audience just a, a quick skinny on like what you do.
0: Ah. Uh, <clears throat> I create the safest space for you to go in and meet yourself, meet your soul, meet your inner child and reconnect to all parts of you and listen. Listen to your soul's wisdom.
1: It's beautifully said. And for the practical people listening, this is like meditation on steroids. I mean, it literally is like the training camp for the soul experience that, um, it's actually, we've had Josh McMurtry do a lot of videos for wellness force. I know he, he was there to capture everything that went on and, uh, just tell people that don't know anything about training camp for the soul. What exactly is it? and, And how did it come up for you? Like, was it something that hit you all of a sudden, or was it more of like a, a, a machine that built, uh, So,
0: yeah. Well, I'll answer the the short the short question first. Um, So, training camp for the soul is um, a transformational company brand where we do in person retreats as well as we have virtual programs to support you in um, identifying what's in the way of you living your highest, truest life. Um, a lot of people feel stuck, like they can't produce the results that they want. They can't have the relationship that they want. So moving people from the stuckness to full clarity and ability to achieve what they want.
1: So did it happen in a dream Were you in bed and you woke up one morning, you're like, wow, I'm <laughs> going to guide human beings to to train their souls. How did that name come out? Where, where'd that come from?
0: Uh the the name actually Mike Bledsoe named it so it's not the original name um but a little background story on myself so i'm 40 years old and uh, i started the self development path when i was 25 and in my 20s i was lost confused had no self love um was living in new york trying to you know trying to make it in the big apple hustling accumulating debt just chasing chasing you know the new york dream um and uh always in the back of my mind had a desire and when i to to coach and when i came across um my self-development journey it started me on that path and i knew that i had to get myself there first and that took 10 years And I don't think it needs to take 10 years for people. The reason it took 10 years for me is a lot of the work that I was doing. And it was all valuable for where I was at in my life. I don't want to discredit any of it. But a lot of it was on the cognitive level. And so it was just like trimming weeds in a garden. And then you're wondering why your garden doesn't look transformed at all. So for eight years of it, it was... I become aware of a weed and I have some tools, but they're not deep enough to get to the root. And so uh, after eight years of that, um, I met some of my mentors that helped me go deep into the body into sensations, into what I teach now. And I, for the first time, experienced transformation. And that's when I knew. I knew I had the tools and I knew enough from being in the self-development space and mentoring with so many and getting a lot of years of practice that I was ready to start my own thing. So that was about five years ago that I started my business.
1: It's fascinating to me because I've yeah. seen, I've been witness to yeah. your growth. And so for those of you who don't know, Anant and I live in a community here, in Southern California, Encinitas. Some people call it like the spiritual bubble, which is good. And it can also be bad because people can get lost in going from conference to conference to thing, to thing, to coach, to, hot, to healer, to blah, 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 blah. And I see some people that they're spending so much money and they're investing so much of their heart and their energy into wanting to get better. But like you said, this is a big one. It was all from the neck up. Like it's all like the, the top five strategies to heal the top five ways to connect with your inner child, all these lists, you know, but what's really powerful about what you're doing. And I know this firsthand from having a session with you and also just from friends and and people in the industry that you're working with. I mean, you're working with some of the most influential people out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. What do you think is so different about your approach? Is it because it's neck down? What's the difference about what you're doing to really help people that, that moves the needle for them?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, there is somatic healing work out there. I'm not the only one. I don't feel or ever act like I'm I'm the guru. Come to me. Everyone needs what I do. Um, but those that are drawn to me, they're drawn to me. They're drawn to my medicine. So it's a combination. It's a combination of um, the way that we facilitate creating that group environment and that I feel you could go much deeper and faster in group than one-on-one to bringing in all these different modalities to continuing always to be a student myself. I'm right now in the middle of re-recording and updating all my content and modules for my virtual program for the fourth time um, because I keep learning. I keep getting things deeper. I keep mastering things and delivering them in a new way. And so I think that's the edge as well that I feel when people go to school um, to learn something like a doctor, even a psychologist or in, or you know someone who who learns exercise, um, goes to school for, um, exercise, if they are not keeping up with what's new and continuing to educate themselves, then you may get lost in the sauce.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good. That's so good. Especially with where we are right now. God, I was feeling it this morning when I was meditating, just this continued maintenance right now. And wouldn't you agree? And how does this relate to your work when people are going through extra stress or extra tension, or the world is on lockdown, or we're being faced to see how we're treating Mother Earth, or we're spending 24-7 with our partner. In other words, when the stress gets so tight, what comes up for us to take a look at? And then how do we deal with, how do we respond to the stuff that's coming up? Because it's coming up, what's coming is going, right? Like what's coming is going. So, so how does that relate to your work when, when so many people right now are literally feeling like they, they can't breathe?
0: Yeah, well, what I teach is emotional resiliency. So you're really learning to be with these emotions that, by the way, have been there all along. You just had enough distractions and enough busyness and enough of a social life and work to go to to neglect and ignore those parts of yourselves. And now, this, you know, COVID 19 has created for some people that chaos, that perfect storm where you can't run. From the storm, you have to face it. And so I give people the tools to finally know how to face those parts of themselves. And the, the more you build your capacity to be with any emotion and not be afraid of it, not need to numb it or stuff it down, the, the more resilient you are in life, the more you can handle anything that life hands you.
1: I used to feel like- that
0: way there's no fear.
1: I used to feel like, um, emotional resilience meant like how tough I was like, oh, I can handle anything. You know, we hear this, this phrase, like be anti-fragile and there's so much buzzwords about emotional intelligence and specifically what you said, like emotional resilience. How, how do you see emotionally being emotionally resilient now with the fluidity of life and with everything you've learned? Like, how has that unfolded for you? That definition changed when someone is quote, emotionally resilient.
0: Hmm. Um, I think I know what you're asking for. What, what I feel is like the first step to it is acceptance for people to accept whatever they're experiencing as their experience and then learning how, like, what does that really look like to be, to, to be with it? So emotional resilience to me a few years ago, I mean, what the hell were emotions? Emotions were good or bad. Oh, I'm happy. Friggin' awesome. I'm horny, even better, right? <laughs> I'm sad or I'm angry and like, I'm sad or angry it, and, or like, I'm anxious, I'm scared. And then it's like, why, why, why do I feel this way? How do I get this to stop? Um, I think that's how I related to it for years and most people do. And, uh, now it's more of like, oh, this is what I feel. Okay. This is what I feel. That's reality. Reality isn't what you think. Reality is what you feel. That's being with reality.
1: Mm, Energy and motion, E, motion. I think Mm -hmm. it's easy for us to forget that. We have so many people that come on the show and they're very neck up and I always get them below the neck. But with you, it's like you've already gone neck up for so long and and I'm flashing back to something you wrote on Sistership Circle. You talked about in December of 2012, I believe, you left a relationship. And you were like, I felt disconnected. I, I just went on a hundred days of dating me, you said. Yeah. And for those hundred days, you really were just being with what was. like. So this is 2012, y'all. This is eight years ago that knot was doing this work. Looking back on that 2012 version of knot, if you were to plant like one seed in her pocket, what would you tell her when she was going through that?
0: Mm-hmm. Welcome to the beginning of your journey to love. And that was after eight years of doing uh, self-development work, neck up work. That's when I left New York City with $2,000 to my name, $40,000 in debt, um, heartbroken, just came out of a five-year relationship, no car, no job, no home, no plan, one friend in San Diego, our dear girl, Tanya. And... uh, And I was resentful and I was angry and I was bitter and I missed him and it was a whole mix of all this stuff. And uh, it took me a few weeks to be like, oh, I didn't love myself. If I even knew what it was to love myself, I would have never stayed in that relationship or that city as long as I did. And so, yeah, that 100 days was the like, can I be with myself without distractions and all that stuff? For a hundred days, without wanting to find another guy or fill my time up with friends and just be with myself, and uh, it was—it was just the beginning of this journey to love. Which, actually, that was the name of my brand before Mike Bledsoe came around.
1: Mm, so <laughs> and when.
0: So what it It is a journey
1: to love. I feel like whether you want to call it journey to love or training camp for the soul or uh, reconnection with the most authentic you, don't you feel like the etymology of words is fascinating? I love marketing. Like, I love the whole, like, what do we name it? What do we call it? But at the same time, it's the energy. It's the it's the embodiment. It's it's the thing behind the thing that's fueling everything. So what what was that thing that started to emerge at the end of that hundred days for you?
0: Mm an inkling a start of like seeing and knowing myself i mean you you we probably met around that time maybe um it was a few was years after before. yeah it was and then like plant met it was just it was a surrender it was also uh my first experience of god i'm 33 i don't have anything my heart desires clearly i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> So, cause New York, you know, the energy of New York is very yeah. like, go, go, force. You got it. Yeah. You can figure it out. And so I thought I like, I thought I knew. It's not like I spent eight years in self-development thinking that I was doing crappy self-development and that I wasn't getting to it. When you're in it, you think this is like the best Piece of cake.
1: <laughs> Do you find that New York um, people sometimes go there to to overwork and overspend and overdo so that they won't have to be still and just be with what is?
0: No, they're not thinking that. They're thinking they want freedom and success. And they think that's the way, and that's the city, that's the place to achieve it. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Blah blah. Yeah. No, a lot of people are not making it there. They're they're losing themselves. They're spending a lot of uh, a lot of energy and money, and that that's what it was for me. I was I was exhausted. I was so misaligned for myself that I literally uprooted in in a matter of like. Three weeks, like ended my relationship, and I was on a plane one way ticket three weeks later, left it all behind, and was like, All right, God, I don't know. I'm ready for you to take the wheel. And so part of that hundred days of just learning to surrender to the moment and the next moment and the next moment. And I never stopped that. And it's, it's gotten stronger and more solid now that I fully trust that I am co-creating and uh, um, that at times, yeah, panic shows up and how much can I sit with it and be with it and then see what shows up next and how divine everything is. So I have a, a really strong faith and trust in the unfolding hmm. and, that, and, and what that takes it's not like oh great and it's easy no it's taken so much capacity to sit with the unknown with the unknown so people see my success and moments and times and I'm like yeah but did you see the 4 months of no results yeah and that i sat with it i didn't freak out i didn't force i didn't go into creating 10 other things that may work and so that's that's the practice like if you if you truly trust It means you're going to sit in a lot of unknown. And so getting comfortable in that unknown is where I've gotten to.
1: You know, it's crazy. I'm flashing back to a moment I had with with Jeff Agostinelli in the show right now in, in this wisdom that you're sharing with us about faith. He quoted a study where faith has a biological reward. It's not like faith is something that you just kind of like, well, you just kick your arm back and forth and you go, let's have faith, guys. No, faith is a connection to something far more powerful than you, far more divine, far more omnipresent to the likes of which you couldn't even imagine. But that's why faith is so powerful because you're tapping into what, really? You're tapping into a source that is so powerful and so mysterious. And it just gives people the the ticket to surrender, like this muscle building of faith. How do you incorporate this in your programs? And also just for you as a human, you know, like what is what is faith for you, really?
0: Mm, it's living in in the moment moment by moment by moment that all there really is is now 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 and um acting and co-creating from inspiration so and and faith to me is is that trust is that trust that even in the darkest of moments uh saying and this is for me and thank you and how quickly I really practice to me my practice of faith is how quickly can I say thank you in the moments when I wish it wasn't the way it is?
1: Hmm.
0: When when this like lockdown happened, thank God it actually happened the day after my retreat ended. So again, like faith and divinity. Um, but in these moments, or you know, when you go through a breakup or anything, how quickly can you accept it and say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Because mm. how many things do you look back at, Josh, and now say, oh, thank God that happened.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: The, the moment of it, you're like, why? Why is this happening to me?
1: Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, oh my God, if it didn't happen, you and I wouldn't even be here. This podcast wouldn't even exist if one of, quote, those things didn't happen. Exactly. But but I want to go back because you said something that really got me. You said, um, I say thank you as quickly as possible. But my question to you is, how do you decipher when to say thank you coming from a heart space versus uh, I'm just going to spiritually bypass this? Because I, I would assume that with people that don't embody the tools would we'll just use certain phrases to bypass things and not process them. So what's that look like in the middle?
0: Yeah. So thank you, because that, that's the second part. <laughs> so thank you. Right. On. <laughs> um, so you say thank you. And what's going to happen is it's going to bring up. What's in the way of you mm. fully receiving it? And you have to accept that and face that. Like, how quickly can I say thank you and then tend to what is coming up for me? That is like, oh, but saying thank you means I have to grieve this. I have to feel this. I have to release this anger. I have to accept that, yes, that did happen to me. And I am so upset about that. Right. And so you have to embody it and move through the emotions. And so it's like this quick route to that that gratitude that usually people prolong. So let's talk about for example a breakup, right? I mean, I remember my first breakup, I think 2 years it took me to move through that. But you go through a breakup or some kind of heartache and You could prolong it moving through that grief and acceptance and all that. And then, and eventually you get to what? Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: We can say, let me say thank you now so that my focus and my intention and my energy goes from why is this happening to me to this is a gift for me. And that that's what I start seeing. And so I have to experience everything rapidly so that I could get to that.
1: Yeah. And I just want to reiterate too, like, I love the way you explain that because it has nothing to do with being ignorant. This has nothing to do with bypassing what's going on. It's more like, you know, Eckhart Toll has this concept he calls the pain body. And and the pain body is rippling for people sometimes for decades. But it's about shortening the cycle of that pain body rippling? Like you said, it took me 10 years to get here and 10 years to really embody this stuff. There's a faster way (laughs) y'all. Like we, it doesn't have to take us 10 years. Like what's, do you think there's a shortcut or do you think there's more of just an intelligent path?
0: Um, there, uh, you, you can get to it super fast. How do we do that? Um, the tools I teach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why you got to go to training camp for the soul, everyone. Well, can yeah, you I'll can give you give us story. a preview of life, what that is?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I had a client at my last retreat, I'll, I'll preface with this story real quick. Um, that is 50 years old and his father was murdered when he was five. Oof. And so for the past 45 years, he's been sitting with that heartache or not sitting with it, right? Like that pain not wanting to feel it. And what I guided him through at the retreat, um, within an hour of that process, maybe it was even a little less, he got to like the most ecstatic bliss
1: Mm. and
0: said, whoever thought pain could feel so good. Fuck. Yeah. Like that was his statement. Like, fuck. Yeah. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, this was it. He's like, I just need to learn how to so be with this. So that it could move and transform, and so we overcomplicate it. And it's not our fault that we overcomplicate it. This is what we learned. We were taught, like, why? Why are you feeling this way? What do you need, right? When you were when you're sad and crying at three years old, uh, your your parents already trained you to use this mind. Yeah. That this that you need to fix what you're feeling, as opposed to yeah you're sad feel it i'm here for you that's what my sister does with my nephew she mm. puts her hand on his back she goes i'm here i love you and he cries for about 60 to 90 seconds and then he's like hey mommy i'm better let's go play they say it takes 90 seconds when you finally you know allow yourself to be there to move through any emotion or for an energy to pass through um so uh, so it's not as complicated, people overcomplicate it by what we've learned with our mind. And so the practice is, give you guys a few tools here. First and foremost, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid to let this mind, uh, this ego, stop being in control. Your ego is your ultimate protector. There's no getting rid of it. You don't want to get rid of it actually because it is you want to imagine that this is your your soldier, it's your ultimate protector. He's the one that protects your inner child, your emotions when you're when you don't tend to yourself. That's what kicks into place whatever your ego pattern is. So, but we want to weaken the need of that protector. We want to put him out of his job, (laughs) give him less hours, put him on part, very, very, very part
1: time. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so first and foremost is being like, oh, I'm, I'm safe without this protector. So creating safety to be in the body. And so we need there to be congruency between the body and the mind feeling safe. So you do that by your physiology, by your breath. And um, by what you tell yourself, so you want to sit straight up, you want to sit palms up like you're open to receiving sitting open, because if you were safe, that's how you would sit. If you're scared, what do you do you curl up into a ball? Yeah. So sit safe, that's already sending the signal to the body that you're safe to 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 be in there as opposed to in the mind. Breathe. You're you're the breath, man. Breathe into the belly. Breathe consistent into your diaphragm like you're safe. Because how do people breathe when they're scared? They either freeze, they don't breathe at all, or they breathe heavy into their chest. So get the breath down into the belly, the diaphragm, and breathe. Calm. And then last piece is repeat. I am safe. I am safe to be in my body. I am safe to experience this, I am safe to feel, I am safe. So you're forming that body-mind connection, telling all parts you're safe to go there. And so repeating that and sitting in that until you feel that you've dropped in to your body and you can start to um, track the body for sensations. So feel the sensation right now, those of you listening, of your feet in your shoes or socks or sandals or floor. If you put all your attention there, there's a sensation there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the sensation of your butt on the chair. Or just scan your scan your belly. Any Any tightness, any movement, any sensation, temperature, scan your chest, right, scanning all these areas feeling into where there may be um, stuck energy or tightness. Like right now, I feel a little bit in my left lower back. So you start to be and listen to the sensations of the body. And then uh, taking whatever it is that you're experiencing. So um, Josh, what were you experiencing last week? If you just bring like one statement, I am what, or I was what?
1: Hmm. Um, I was upset about.
0: Doesn't matter. You can say that.
1: fill in the blank.
0: Yeah. I was exactly. upset
1: about. Well, I was upset about what's really going on with our world. I was upset about what to tell my inner young man. I'm upset about our brothers and sisters giving up their power.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there's also like anger there. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. So all of these ways that we can quote unquote label it. I was upset. I was angry. I was frustrated. And so a lot of times when people hear themselves say that, they don't want to feel that way. So it's all they go to their head and how to fix it because those are, quote unquote, negative ways to feel. And so my invitation to those listening is let's remove the label because I'm upset and Josh is upset could feel very different to both of us. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, let's remove the word and let's go one layer deeper and that's be with it. Well, what does that feel like in your body? What's the sensation? Describe it in as many ways. So first, once you scan your body then you want to say to yourself, okay, I I am upset. I am scared. I am angry. I am anxious, whatever it is accept it accept that a part of you feels this way just like if your child came to you and said mommy daddy i'm upset you wouldn't be like go away sure yes we learned to tell them how can i fix this but really what that child needed in that moment was for you to acknowledge you're upset accept it and love the child through it so it's the same thing. You wanna see these parts of you as, uh, as as your inner child and that child needs to be heard, accepted, and loved. So first step is accepting it, that a part of you is frustrated, angry, upset. I'm upset. And keep saying it until you see, where are you holding that in your body? Where in your body is that? So maybe in your chest. And so then check, does it have a temperature? a size, a texture, a vibration, uh, a color. And so you start to be with it at the level of energy, of sensation. Because what's an emotion? Energy and motion. So let's get away from the labeled emotion of upset and be with it at the level of energy and get curious about all of its felt senses, Oh, it's the size of a baseball. Uh, it's tight. It's warm, or it's hot. Now it's moving. Now it's a rod. And just be with it. Be with that energy at that level, and keep being with it. And sometimes being with these sensations uh, creates a desire to emote. Like when when you're nauseous, if you feel nauseous, what's the, what's the sound that comes out of you?
1: It's like a gargoyle. Blah.
0: Oh, right. All of us.
1: Sure. Isn't
0: that interesting? Or when a child has a tummy ache, it's like, Oh, why don't, why don't they go? Oh, I have a tummy ache because the energy at times has a sound to it as well. And so if it's so painful, So painful, or that something that you're grieving, then allow that to be expressed too. Which means you may want to scream into a pillow or scream out loud, or you may want to give yourself a good cry. Allow yourself to have that. That's what you did when you were an infant before you had language. Yes. Bringing us back to what we innately knew, what we innately have always had, and who we've always been before we got programmed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I mean, just just what you gave someone right now was such a gift. So rewind that, listen to it again. That's the path. But yet, you know what I was thinking of when you were talking? I was thinking, you know how a gun has a safety on it?
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you release the safety, if, if you release safety, that's when the gun can fire. Things yeah. can move quickly. As long as safety is opened up. If the safety is opened up on a gun, it shoots. If the safety is opened up within ourselves, we can bust through something in a day, in a weekend, at a retreat, whatever it is. And that is the actual m- molecular mimicry, however you want to describe it. That's a pretty neck up term. But you know what I'm talking about, right? There's science. We're half beast, half spirit. So we can actually, for the analytical people or for the spiritual people, this work works. But it's like sometimes I feel like not the, the words turn people off. So even when someone that might need the most inner child work, hears the word healing inner child, it might be like, oh my God, have you found this to be true? Have you found this like the people that need the work the most might get turned off by the sensitivity and the etymology of the words?
0: Oh, for sure. And I think the journey that's been for me and that I finally learned when I learned uh, integral theory, spiral dynamics, is to... Speak in the language of your ideal client, and so um, I'm. What my copy was on my website a year ago was like something that would scare those people. To now, I'm like, oh, let me let me speak in their language. I feel stuck. I want success. I want that loving relationship, right? Speaking in what they want, so um, so that they feel heard. Yeah. But then once they enter the retreat it's like well this is the work like this is it and they've already committed and and they get to learn to love and understand that and um and have it be a part of their language i think when something's not a part of someone's language yeah. they're not long for it. it it it's it's just that new to them that they don't understand it and once you give someone an experience of it then they understand it and it's now integrated for them as
1: well. This is so nuanced with, with where we are in our talk because there are people that they spend their whole lives gathering. There's like, they got all the podcasts and they read all the books and like they're literally doing everything. They've even got like, some of these people have PhDs on the wall, right? They have all the things, all the books, all the trainings, all this stuff. But there's this chasm, there's this bridge between knowing and doing. And this is what I see skilled people like yourself like highly skilled i mean this is more than just a skill this is like a a divine embodiment really and if that turns you off i'm sorry if you're a logical person it's somebody with all the goods all right it's so if you're if you're a spiritual person alan alan watts calls them you're more of a goo or if you're a hard like number crunching person alan watts calls you a prickle so there's prickles and goo this work this healing work it gives people results regardless of who you are it's like we're all looking for how do we become the better version a little bit better like some people might describe it i know there's something else out there for me but i'm just not exactly sure how to get it don't you believe i'm curious how you feel about this don't you believe that if when people really want something somewhere inside of them they already know how to get it they already know how to get there but but there's certain things that block them from that what are what are those things Total sleep breakthrough in 2020. I've been using cured full spectrum hemp oil. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not for getting high. We know this. It is non-psychoactive. It has no THC. It has 100% terpene rich cannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, organically grown hemp oil. What does this actually do to the body? The reason I love this is because it down-regulates the sympathetic nervous system. If you look at the research on PubMed and everywhere else, although the FDA does not allow anyone to make bold claims, this I can speak from a personal perspective. I take this organically grown Colorado hemp in the evenings. I hold it under my tongue for 60 seconds. I back this up with my data from the Aura Ring, my deep sleep increases, my restlessness goes away, and I just sleep better. We know that whether you're having digestive issues or joint pains or sleep issues, the most important thing for your recovery is your sleep. So if you've been struggling with sleep, Give Cured Full Spectrum Organically Grown Hemp a test drive. You get 15% off because you're here with us in the Wellness Force mission. It is wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Enter code wellnessforce at checkout. You get 15% off your organically grown hemp. If you've been looking for a hemp product that has been tested and vetted, give Cured a test drive at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Use the code Force to get 15% off your entire order
0: yeah that's it uh, my my favorite analogy metaphor is um is is the garden right you 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 move into a house. And you look out the window and you see the backyard and it's just like weeds everywhere. And you have this vision. You know that you just bought this home, that you you want a beautiful garden. You go to Home Depot Gardens and you pick out all the seeds and flowers and plants and things that you want. Um, but uh, you come back to the house, you, you still got to clear out the weeds
1: <laughs> yes.
0: before there's room for what you want. Yeah. And can't just you can't just trim them. You got to get get that stuff out by the root. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's, that's the difference. You know, a lot of people do know what they want. They've been trying to get it from the neck up and, uh, there's, there's still, they still haven't made energetic room for that to be true for them to believe that. So you want that amazing relationship, but you have this belief that, um, love doesn't last that you're invisible, that you don't matter, that you're not enough. So it doesn't matter how much you dream and visualize that, you know, you could manifest that relationship. If there's no room for it, then even if you do meet that person, you're going to sabotage it in some way because you have these beliefs. And when you clear out these beliefs, this energy, there's room for something new. And so anyone can have the life they desire what they need to do is clear out everything that's been in the way that's not truly them.
1: Let that pause for a minute, because uh, in our breathe program we 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 call it the BTFA loop. And I'm curious for a training oh. camp for the soul, how many people have been through the program now? It's quite a bit.
0: Um. Uh, probably around a little over 200 and that's, um, up until this point, uh, I've, I've, I've led my work very intimately. So I've done 23 retreats mm. with on average six people at a retreat in the past, uh, gosh, four years, three and a half years and, uh, started the virtual program. And, only felt I could do that in small group as well and uh, the gift of covid 19 was like all right or not so many people need what you do now yeah. and like how can I offer this at a price that like more people can say yes. And so it's really stretched me to let go of my limited belief of it has to be this way. It has to be six people. I have to be able to work. I have to be the one to work with each one of them one-on-one to what if it can be. And right now we just launched a new beta program and you know, we're probably going to have 30 people in that. So, um, feel ready more than ever to support more more humans
1: the reason i'm asking is because i've always felt in in, in in the past two years especially in my research and in creating breathe it's like belief thought feeling action every single thing we do is through a lens and i don't care how great of a driver you are or how awesome you are behind the wheel if your windshield is super cloudy you could have the best driving skills you're going to crash You're never going to make it to your destination because like your belief system, the lens that you look out of is freaky dirty. And I don't really I don't know how else to describe it to people sometimes. And I say that with like a bit of excitement. And also if I sense into it, I sense frustration because Mm -hmm. I think we've all felt that where we might want a family member or a spouse or a significant other or a friend um, to really see us to really see all the magnificence that we actually are and to really hear us, you know, to be seen and to be heard. But that that's not our work to change someone else's belief. They have to want the change themselves. So at what stage on the journey does somebody come to you? And do they even realize that they need to change their belief? Or are they just like, hey, I, I keep finding shitty relationships. <laughs> like when, when do they arrive at the doorstep for you?
0: Yeah. So I get two types of people that come to me. One are the seekers that are always, you know, these are the entrepreneurs. I, I work with a lot of, um, you know, high achievers, entrepreneurs, business owners, CrossFit gym owners, um, that they're always just looking to level up and, uh, they hear about me through someone else. And they're just like, Oh, this sounds like this is great. Like I'm ready for my next level up. And those are easy. Um, and then the other people are those that they're, they're stuck and they've gotten to a point where they're so done managing themselves, yeah. this like trimming the weeds, hoping that the garden blossoms into something else. That was me. When I met my mentor um, that introduced me to my body <laughs> and out of just here, it was, I remember coming to him being like, I'm exhausted. I have mastery of like the weeds. I know I know my weeds. <laughs> I have eight years of practice of that. And you I had all
1: definitely- the checklists and not, you had all the books and the yeah. checklist, the top five ways to clear your emotional self, yeah. blah, blah, blah.
0: Not, not, not emotional stuff, but you know, top ways to, to mindset, mindset hacks.
1: Yeah. Mindset hacks.
0: Yeah. Hacks. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done doing the same thing over and over again. And like getting the same result of not the life that I desire. And, uh, So, yeah. So people that hit that point. um, And so that's why I I share with my clients, I go, don't, you know, don't try and save people. Let people hit their ground zero. Let Mm. them hit their apocalypse. What people are experiencing now is that, which I think is why my business, like we're getting more applications than ever before. Yeah. Because people are realizing, like, there is no way out then. In.
1: Wow. I, I love podcasting. I love talking with you because it reminds me of other shows where other intelligent people have given us some wisdom we can embody. And I, and I think back to Christine Hassler when we were sitting at Paleo and she was like, don't ever rob someone of their process. Don't yeah. do it. You might feel like, you know, you might want to help somebody or, or give somebody some money or, you know, hold somebody and tell them everything's going to be Okay. What is it about the gift of letting somebody go through the gauntlet? Like, what actually is that in your work that you see so valuable?
0: Mm, they build that emotional resiliency. They realize that no matter what life hands them, because by the way, life is going to keep handing you shit. COVID-19 yeah. is not it. <laughs> this is just the
1: beginning, y'all.
0: Right? Just the <laughs> yeah, beginning. This
1: is just the start. If you
0: are like, listening to this and you're in your 20s, you got like the growing pains of like, who am I going to become? Right?
1: Buckle up, buttercup.
0: And then, then you have like the you, you you want the relationship, you want the relationship, and the pain of that. So then you're in the relationship, and then the pain of that, and then you get married, and you're like woohoo, and then it's like you have kids, and it's a whole nother thing to face, and then you know maybe there's God forbid health challenges, and then eventually we all have to deal with you know our parents getting old and and passing, or if they're ill, and so life is going to keep handing you stuff. They you didn't quote unquote want or ask for that you don't want to accept and all the and and what those things are are creating for you if if you really sit with it and see is a sensation yeah. like what are you actually afraid of is a feeling it's going to create some feeling for you so if you build the capacity to be with any sensation any feeling then there's nothing that life hands you that you can't learn to be with and move through and see the gift in it
1: bomb drop moment with a knot it's the resistance to the feelings that perpetuate the suffering that's it i mean if you guys get one thing from this show you probably gotten like 20 by now <laughs> that's a really big one notice how i just took a, di- a big deep breath i found that that in the past two years especially the breathwork component has been not just cathartic not just healing but a way of daily living especially now Um, I've heard from people that have done your workshops, that there's a very specific type of breath that you use. What is it about the breath that clears capital T lowercase T trauma? And, and how do we make that stick? You know, in your work with training camp for the soul, how does breath work stick?
0: Mm, well, <laughs> I wonder who said that about our breath work process. I actually don't facilitate the breath work at the retreat and I feel it's always ever changing, but it's deep. And I think it, every day we we build on it. We take you on a journey of your of your breath and the power of that prana, that that energy, that that's something that you can circulate. That's an energy that you can circulate. And it, you want to imagine like uh this analogy just came through, but like taking one of those like blowers that you use on the, you know, to blow leaves and all that, it's like that air helps to, to move some of that stuckness or move the leaves that are blocking the weeds. So it's something that you have control over that you get to work with as an energy. And, uh, it's important to embrace it.
1: God, there's so many of us that I think feel lost at times. And especially right now, that feeling of being lost, keyword feeling, it's a sensation. We're never lost. No (laughs) one's ever lost. Like that doesn't exist. Do you feel the same way?
0: Absolutely. And that's why when people, again, we're so reckless. People are so reckless. We've learned to be so reckless with our words. Um, And so I invite people to slow down and bring it to paper especially when you you're you're feeling stuck or you're like in your head bring it to paper drop it all down and then and then really uh observe it and ask yourself so i feel lost i feel lost okay i feel lost where in my <sighs> body do yeah. i feel that let me describe what does it feel like is it you know what's the temperature color texture size frequency color yeah yeah Instead of how lazy we are with just just blah 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 like talking
1: the the path is not linear ever, but especially when it comes to emotions you know energy and motion i've seen and I've felt in my own experience like through plant medicine that sometimes people will go down this path of going from like ceremony to ceremony to ceremony it becomes it's so funny because because plant medicines whether it's any entheogen, you know, like, uh, mushrooms or, um, iboga or anything at all. Ayahuasca it, people can sometimes get in a loop of, oh, I'm going to go once every three months to ceremony, or I'm going to go once a month to ceremony. And in my opinion, I think it's actually dishonoring the medicine. I think it's dishonoring the path because there's no pause. There's no pause to embody anything. And if they go to ceremonies too often, it's almost like they're getting unearned wisdom. They haven't actually spent the time earning the wisdom that the four and five D consciousness is trying to give to them.
0: Yeah, very good. You know, I speak I speak into this and I've I've been interviewed about, you know, plant medicines and I've had people approach me and say, Hey, should I do your work first or ayahuasca or mushrooms?
1: Do yours first.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. And yes, the reason dude. is is dude. when people turn to that stuff, they're turning it like this will heal me.
1: And it has it has powerful properties, but
0: does. It does. But the truth is that no one can heal you. I don't heal my clients. I introduce them and guide them to the healer within them. You want to be able to tap into your ability to allow your body to heal itself. Because by the way, your body is that brilliant. You cut yourself right now. God forbid you cut your finger. Yeah. You think the ointment and the band-aid is doing the healing? No, your body is so coming back into connection with that. Our bodies are brilliant, and that's what does the healing. And once you have that, and you have then, then ayahuasca, mushrooms, iboga, whatever is a tool in the healer's tool belt. Yeah, you're and you're working with the medicine as opposed to using the medicine, because like you said, you've developed enough. Consciously and subconsciously, there's enough knowing of this body and soul and energy um, that you can, you're, you're bringing a, a medicine to it. You're working with it instead of using it and using it and abusing it and expecting it to work for you and not knowing how to integrate it. So um, quick story six months or so after my hundred days of dating me, I was introduced to ayahuasca. I had no idea what it was when my friends was like, Hey, we have a shaman coming this weekend. Um, uh, do you want to do this thing? I was, I'm like, what, huh? I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. Like I'm, mean, yes, jumped in blindly. And, um, it was, it, it, it brought up stuff that I, that I never experienced before. Yeah. Right. I I purged I cried I had so many memories of um, my little girl's sadness of dad always working all these things right and so but I came out of it and so maybe you purge the energy of it but what it doesn't get to because you can only get to this consciously is the beliefs that were formed from those experiences that I just remembered like I'm invisible. I don't matter. Men will always choose something else over me. Mm. And so what happens is you come out and because you haven't replaced those beliefs with a new belief, then you haven't edited the script. So you're just going to go out there in the world and continue to act the way you've acted and reinforce it. And there it is. It's still there. And Oh, I need to go and do ayahuasca again.
1: Oh my God, hardware and software. I just got it. You, you work on the actual hardware, like changing the system so that when there is new wisdom that comes in, it can actually work. Like we, we are, whether you want to admit it or not, we're a spirit inside of a body and we're kind of on a rock in the middle of space. And there's this huge orb in the sky that lights us. Do you ever like pause to think about this stuff? Like we are living in such a fucking dream world here. <laughs> like there's so, there's so much going on that we could never understand. And the only thing we can do is surrender to the mystery. Like that's the only thing we can do. So then the question is, if we can surrender to the mystery of the universe and surrender to the mystery of the world and the sun and the moons and the planets and, and all these things that we could never ever understand, How do we surrender to the mystery of ourselves? How do we surrender to that type of mystery?
0: Mm -hmm. You have to discover yourself first. It has to go from being a mystery to being unknown. Knowing, you know, it's the let me go to my garden and let me get to know all the parts and all the weeds. Let me, oh, I'm I'm feeling triggered by my partner instead of wanting to fix that or shutting it down. Let me get to know that part. Let me explore all parts of myself so that I'm no longer a mystery to me. And I'm clear what's me and what's not me. And then I'm more solid and aligned with myself.
1: What's something that you've learned about yourself the most through this work? What's a mystery that you were always trying to crack where you're like, God, I wonder why I react in this way, or I wonder why this keeps happening to me. Was there a loop that you fixed through this work?
0: Gosh, loop. How about
1: loops? Okay. Multiple, but which one comes up right now where you're like, yeah, that's, that's one that I cleared effectively through this work. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, the biggest one I'd say was, um, was around my father it's funny you know daddy was always on a pedestal and I was always a daddy's girl and worked with my dad for years he you know had is an accountant had his own business I'd always help him since I was little so um if you ask me like oh is there a father wound there I'd be like no love daddy I'm a daddy's girl and then like my mom and I are like always like this and um and then you know I start R- dating and relationships and all that. And it's like a failed relationship after failed relationship after another one. And it's the same pattern and it's codependency. And then I always feel invisible, like something else is more important. Um, and then they leave me for someone else. And it's the same. I'm like, oh, there's like an interesting cycle here. And the connection of that, I didn't see until I worked with my mentor how it's connected to father and the reason that's a father, I don't want to call it wound, but a father learning, whether you're a woman or a man,
1: do you believe in the phrase imprint? Like something gets imprinted. It can be changed, but it's heavily imprinted.
0: Yes. Yes. And, um, give you guys a little more tidbit of why I say father and how to recognize this. So mom, second you were born, mom held you and said, son, daughter, I'm your mommy. And you heard wah, 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 wah. You didn't understand what she said. You didn't know you were looking at your mom. But what you did, the sense that you did have is energy. And the energy you felt, felt familiar. It felt like the energy you were just in for nine months. It felt like home. It is home. Oh, this is me. I am me. Uh, this mom is me. I am mom. Mom is an extension of self, and right there in that moment, mom becomes your role model for the self. You look at mom, especially the first seven years, for um, how for everything related to the self.
1: Yeah.
0: So then, dad walks in the hospital room on your birthday picks you up and says, son, daughter, I'm your daddy. And you're like, what is this energy? I've never felt this energy before. But I imagine at least the first time your father held you that he was blissed out times a million and vibrating at so much love and joy. And that's what you felt. And so father represents something that's not me loving me something outside of me father represents the world anything that is not me he models that for you so everything from your relationship with others hence why my relationships with men went the way that they went to purpose in the world to courage to love in relations with others to vulnerability are you willing to show yourself to someone that's not you Right. So if dad was open with you and showed and shared himself emotionally, then you learned vulnerability. So mom and dad might act the exact same way, but how it imprints you is Mm -hmm. different because one is here to teach you about the self and the other teaches you about the world.
1: What was the realization you got?
0: Oh, well my father was a workaholic, still is. Love daddy. Love you. Um, that's all that's what he learned, right? That's his, one of his coping ways. And he worked sixteen hours a day running a hotel wow. in early years for me. So he was up at six AM and I didn't I didn't remember this. I asked him this a few years ago. I go, Dad, the only memories I have of us In the early years, um, we lived in Israel. We're going to the beach with my mom and my brother, um, driving to my grandparents' house two hours away with my mom and my brother, and watching you play soccer with my brother. So uh, none of which are just me and daddy memories. But I didn't say those to him. I said, Dad, what do you remember about our time together when we lived in Israel? He said the exact same
1: (laughs) three. Wow.
0: Because other than that, my father was working. He goes, well, I sometimes get up at 6 a.m., get home at 10 p.m. and do it all over again. And then the weekends we'd go to the grandparents or we'd go to the beach or he'd play with my brother who was older, three years older than me. And so if dad represents the world and, and dad is love to me, right? And again, this is why every person holds dad on a pedestal. And either dad lives up to that pedestal or he breaks your heart. Dad represents the heart. So, um, uh, so dad represents the world to me and love and the world's not there. The world is never with me, right? Let's replace the word dad with world or others. Others aren't there much or when they are, they're busy. You're invisible. Other things are more important than you. He's always working, he's always doing other things. The world will focus elsewhere, not on you. And just like that, I get imprinted with, I'm invisible, I don't matter, and men will always choose something else over you. So, you have to come up with a way to survive that, because as humans, we are programmed to survive not to thrive. We're programmed to survive. We have to learn to thrive. So my way to survive that was, well, if dad, and this was in the, after age seven or so, but whenever dad is around, I'll just tag along with him. I'll just be around him. And that's why I started working and helping when my dad started having his own business as an accountant and left the hotel industry. I'd come downstairs to his home office and be like, "Daddy, what can I help you with?" And he'd be like, "Oh, separate the blue, the green, and the 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 pink, you know, papers." Back in the day before fancy uh, computers, and I would just be around him, and I would think that that's quality time. Mm-hmm. And so then that showed up in my relationships. I remember sitting in my mentor's office when this hit me. I sunk into the couch. Cause I was in a relationship at the time with a guy who owned a, a who was a chiropractor and the conversation that we're, we were in was, well, maybe I'll just quit my job and come work with you and help you in your business. And I was like, Whoa, Oh my God, I'm doing it. And then I thought about my first relationship when I was 17, when I was in high school, where my boyfriend loved playing video games and, He would play video games and instead of me going home, doing my own thing, I'd sit there and watch him play or clean the room or make lunch for us, how deeply it was programmed that this is quality time, that this is love, how limiting that was. And so getting to the root of that, there was so much pain. There was so much sadness. There was so much to grieve that my little girl never got some of you listening did not have the mother that you needed or the father that you wanted and to feel, to hold that little one in you, give yourself a hug and say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I know you didn't have that, but you get to, you get to, they did the best they could with what they learned. And to finally feel through that grief, that sadness, and replace those weeds with something new. And now I'm I'm almost in a three year relationship with with my person, my partner. Who, you know, we talk marriage. He he has the link to the ring, so I imagine <laughs> I, I sent it to him. he had been asking me for it for like five months. Yeah, and was finally ready. I sent. Oh there. my
1: god! Thank you for sharing that. It was so so <laughs> special, so powerful. Because every human lesson can be universal if we have the proper lens to see it. And so it's inspiring to me, like I've, I've witnessed this growth and the way that you're leading now with training camp for the and the way that you're coaching people that I know that are in the podcast world and, you know, all the shows you've done, like this has been such the Epic journey conversation. If there was one piece of guidance you could leave people with when it comes to this element of what actually is the soul and, and how do we train it? What would that be? Um
0: your soul your soul is 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 everything it is your mind it is your body it is your sensations it is your breath it is everything and so learning to be with the souls learning to be and love all parts of you mind included but let's get that mind body connection and uh and go on that self-discovery, like we said before. So it's not yeah. some like anomaly. What is this? Explore it. Get to know it. And, and you'll find you'll find your brilliance and you'll tap into your gifts. Cause you all have a gift. Your soul came here with a gift to give to the world.
1: I heard this phrase and I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it was something similar to this. And it was, you know, the the real purpose of life is to find out what your gift is. It's to find your gift. And then the meaning that we create in life is giving it away. And I feel like you've really found your gift. And it's a, it's a intelligent, it's like a beacon. It's like this intelligent beacon of hope for all of us that if you're willing to do the real work, like you can have purpose and meaning in so much abundance that it'll shock you, it'll blow you away. And I'm curious with all that you've learned, you know, all this, this meaning and purpose that you're cultivating and, and, and how you're serving people with training camp for the What is wellness to you? You know, if you had to like put together all these pieces you've learned, how would you define living a life? Well, what is wellness to a not Perry? Mm.
0: Uh, it is tending, tending to yourself, tending to your garden, which means physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I just wrapped up a 10 day perium cleanse. Thank you, uh, Josh for, for That's that good stuff. And for the second time, um, so making sure that you're, you're tending to all parts of your garden, all parts of your life, everything matters, whether it's just yourself with yourself to your relationships, to your business. So taking care of, uh, everything and taking time, starting out your day, tending to yourself. And what that means to me is sitting, creating that safety scanning the body and seeing if there's anywhere that needs any part of you, any piece of the puzzle of you that needs a little more love, attention, presence, and acceptance.
1: If somebody's feeling like you woke up something in them, how do they contact you?
0: uh Instagram, you can follow me on there, and not Perry not dot Perry I think it is um or facebook um or just go to training camp for the soul dot com I have free uh freedom guide on there, and right now we'll see how long we keep doing it we're doing a, a support call on fridays for for humanity for any human cool. we started this out of covid nineteen so you can go to uh training camp for the soul dot com slash support and, um, join us for that call.
1: No, thank you for coming on the show. It's so cool when I get to have close friends on the show that are doing amazing work in the world. And this is why I love doing this. This is what lights me up. So just deep bow to what you've created. And, and, and it's no surprise to me, like that you've created what you've done already, because I can feel it when I'm around you. You know, what we talked about in, uh, the gathering, the application and the embodiment today. Well, I've always felt this from you in the past maybe year or so when I've seen you in public and like at, at gatherings and whatnot. There's a certain embodiment that you have now that is so different. It, the feeling that I get when I'm around you is so different now than, than ever before. So it's a testament to your work and it's a testament to what you're doing with Training Camp for the Soul. So thanks Thank for coming you. on the show. Thank
0: you. I want to say mm-hmm. something why that is so people understand how to get there themselves. Look at embodiment as like a puzzle that all the pieces are there. There's nothing missing. So you feel that and the energy, the parts of you that you want to keep rejecting is like you tossing away pieces of your puzzle and keeping you from being whole. So that's it. All right, I've, let's, I've gotten to that acceptance.
1: <laughs> let's, let's have fun when we put the puzzle together and not thank you yeah. for coming on the show.
0: Thank you. Ah.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So, from over 300 world class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21 minute system, guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free, powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group, over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.